Hello there, and thank you for joining us here at Lions Guide, where we empower you with the resources you need to reach heightened levels of success in your performance, leadership, and in business. On these episodes, we set out to explore the stories of our guests and the lessons they've learned. We also interview various subject matter experts and review books and other resources to help you establish clarity, have courage, and lead the way. I'm your host, Dale Walls, and I'm the founder of Lions Guide. And what I've got for you today is a recent episode from the flip side of leadership series with Lions Guide Leadership Development Director, Keith Flip Griffin. And uh, in this episode, uh, Keith and I explore the book that I recommend often, which is called The Truth About Employee Engagement. Uh, the Truth About Employee Engagement is a business fable where author Patrick Lencioni takes on a topic that most everyone can relate to, which is job misery. Millions of workers, even those who have carefully chosen careers based on true passions and interests, dread going to work, suffering each day as they trudge to jobs that make them cynical, weary, and frustrated. It's a simple fact of business life that any job from investment banker to dishwasher can become miserable. Through the story of a CEO turned pizzeria manager, Lencioni reveals the three elements that make miserable make make work miserable, irrelevance, immeasurability, and anonymity. Uh, it gives managers and their employees the keys to make any job more engaging. So Flip and I, we dive into this book. We kind of review our big takeaways from it and insights we picked up along the way. Uh, it's a really great episode. We actually have a little bit of a, a lion's den moment where we debate some of the uh, importance of some of these things that Lencioni gets into. So it's a great conversation. And again, I uh, wanted to put this episode together because uh, I recommend this book often, especially if you're in a position of leadership or business ownership. Um, it's a, it, it's really impactful. And uh, personally, when I first read it, I got a lot from it. And, um, and I'm sure you will too. It's a great episode and you're going to love it. But before we get started, hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss any of our other great guests and content. And also, we've recently updated the lionsguide.com website uh, with more free resources, including some ready sheet downloads, such as the Everyday Leadership download, as well as the Lions Guide to Self-Discipline download. Um, we've got the community sign up there where you can check out all these live streams, as well as additional trainings. Um, get discounts on memberships, see the workshops we've got going on and all that good stuff. You don't want to miss all the things we've got coming to you. You know, we've added some members to the team. We've got uh, Keith has been on here uh, as our leadership director and recently uh, Jay Teague's joined us as our performance director. So we're really kicking things into gear here. So get out there, sign up on lionsguide.com get some of these resources so we can help you level up, especially if you're a business owner who wants to perform and lead at your highest level, Head over to lionsguide.com and access our free resources today. With that said, let's start the show. Everybody, the flip side of leadership, and uh, as always, I'm Flip and that's Dale, and we're gonna talk today about a good book out there, another Lencioni book that we've uh, read before, as we've read uh, at least one of them before that we've reviewed on here, and we're gonna we're gonna need another one, and I know this is uh, one near and dear to Dale's heart, so if you don't have it, uh, it is the whoops, I'll get the, the light there. It's the truth about employee engagement, employee engagement again, something that. Uh, I think the topic is being, uh, how would you say it? Being, it's it's very 
it's it's hot right now, right? It's it's a very hot topic. Uh, we've heard things. Laura and I are about to take on uh, what do they call it? Uh, quiet quitting, which I think has a lot mm-hmm. to do about employee engagement uh, mm-hmm. about it. And so uh, Dale and I are going to tackle this one today and and really talk about it. And and I think uh, there was a prelude to this before, which was which is about the three traits of job misery before, and then it turned into this. Uh, he turned it into the truth about employee engagement very recently. Um, but let's jump right into it. Give me your give me your initial thoughts. I know this is a near and dear one. I know this is one that you teach very uh, in, in in what in in your high performance in your in your in your uh, yeah. Stuff. I mean, why I'm excited that we got to this one finally because I know we've been uh, throwing it around on the list for a while for the last uh, you know the, a lot of this year, right? Yeah. Um, is the reason I'm looking forward to talking about it and why I love these book review segments is because I, I recommend this all the time, right? You know, and working with business owners, you know, oftentimes, right, the competence they're trying to build is in leadership. Um, and a major factor of leading a team, especially a business team, who can quit, right? Because you and I, you know, come from the military, you know, guy can't quit his job on us right. necessarily. Absolutely. Right. But in the civilian sector and in, in running the business, um, you know, you mentioned the quiet quitting, but people just resigning in general. Why do people quit? Like in and how do you keep people? How do you attract people? How do you, you know, have people go home excited about their day's work with your business, you know, and, and loving their job and wanting to uh, do well in it? And so I'm glad we're here on this book because I want to be able to tell people, hey, go listen to me and Flip talk about the truth about employee engagement. <laughs> That's what a lot of these content and lectures that that I, I you know, we do is is for that, right? right. You know, to kind of accelerate people's growth. Um, you know, because this one is a conversation I have often. And um, hats off to Matt Bagley who turned me on to Lencioni. Um, uh, he, Matt was, uh, you know, started as my COO at Corsco and I promoted him to be our president, um, there for, for a bit. And, uh, and so he turned me on to Patrick Lencioni and what I love about Patrick's stuff is that he tells a story, right? And man, yeah, it's a, fic- it's a fictional to, book, like yeah, with a, with, a, know, with a message <laughs> when it comes, yeah. when it comes to our ability to retain, Right, we learn lessons through stories, and um, that goes all the way back to to the the Bible. Right, you know that's a collection of stories. Uh, Aesop's fables are collections of stories, and what I like about Lencioni is he tells a story to get his point across, which you remember that better. Sure, it's relatable. And, um, yeah, it's relatable. All right, you can picture yourself in these characters, or you can picture the. Uh, your real life version of these characters, you right. know, that he goes through. And so, um, so I think it's a great topic. It's in a very important one. And even in this story, you know, uh, he tells the tale of, you know, two different pizzerias and stuff. And one has high engagement. Everyone's loving their job. It's a great experience. And then he buys one that is not that and how he transitions it and the lessons he learns and what on and so on. So, um, yeah, I've got some, a ton, uh, this is another one. I've just got a page of highlights and takeaways. I'm, to, uh, I'm sure you do. Today. I'm sure you do. Well, let's, let's jump into them. And, and I guess the, the best place probably to start is to talk about real quick, the three areas of job misery that he, he kind of brings up and that's irrelevance being that way and being, uh, in measurement, uh, and anonymity. 
right? And I, we can break each one down uh, and, and really talk about it. Let's start with am- anonymity. I mean, you know, when you when you talk about it, look, every employee is important, right? And I saw that no more importantly, and I saw a great a great version of employee engagement when we were we were fighting ISIS in 2015 and we were dropping bombs and that was going off. And I can tell you that uh, when when my air group commander said, I want to show the videos of us bombing people to, on the on the on the mess decks, he was he was trying to link, and I know he was because I had talked to him about it. He was trying to link the the cooks work to them us us killing bad guys right and and he was doing that through saying look if my people don't eat right and and our pilots don't eat our people that load the bombs don't eat whatever the case is this wouldn't have happened so you had a direct impact and he wanted them to know and and anonymity he was saying hey look your job, you as a person, are not are not forgotten in all of this. You are one hundred percent to be appreciated by your unique qualities that you're bringing to the table. And just because you're doing that doesn't mean it's any less important than you know than the pilot that's flying the plane, right? And so I thought that that was 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 he was trying to make people visible on a on a smallest of scales and and make the connection, right? Because Large organizations, even small organizations, people can understand, oh, well, the only important people are the ones that are in charge. That's, that is, there's no way that that happens, right? There's, there's absolutely no way that that happens. And, and everybody knows it. We found COVID showed us, right, that, that we need supplies. We need, we need the people who make toilet paper almost more than we need, right, Whatever. We're, I mean, that. we're still suffering from Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it shows us that. And and listen, we have it asked backwards in in the world where we don't recognize. We we've talked about this before. Teachers, EMS, police, right? They they don't get the recognition and and definitely because we tie everything to salary. We think oh, it's this and it's titles and it's you're the CEO of of whatever and that makes you. For some, in some odd reason, more important than no, it doesn't. Like it, it, it really doesn't. You know, in, in that case, and so I love the anonymity one because it's it's about rec- it's about recognition and making sure that that you link those those that chain of how a business works and how someone at a at a at a company can be can be lost and how it's your job as a leader really to look at at what they are and then link that to the importance of everything else. Yeah, um, you know, a couple highlights here, you know, it basically people cannot be fulfilled in their work if they are not known. Right. And people who see themselves as invisible, generic or anonymous cannot love their jobs no matter what they're doing. Right. If they just don't feel a sense of fulfillment, yeah. you know, um, contribution. And, and, and you mentioned a lot of like jobs that uh, like teachers jobs and things like that, I think. You know, where we miss the point is um, we don't recognize the impact, right, of the collective of teachers, right? We just look at them like it's it's a school full of teachers. We're not recognizing that as a whole how much impact they have, right? You're just looking at a teacher and you go, oh, you're just showing up. You're reading books to the kids every day. You're just you're doing a basic job. 
and you, if you were going micro on it and like just solely looking at that position, sure, but you're naive, right? You're not seeing the impact of the whole, right? And in, in, in the impact of that that teacher and these other jobs, right? So so we look at them in this very fragmented way and, and therefore don't give enough appreciation to the impact of these roles that that you mentioned that, you know, do suffer here in this this area, I think. Yeah. I mean, we use teachers as a great example because it's been it's been tossed around all the time that that we don't. And I, and I think we look at appreciation and we look at purpose and we sometimes fragment it into into silos, right? Into what you do. And then, but the bigger picture is is how they all, you know, how the all those fragments fit together to create something, right? And you create this this world or this this society or this company, right? Because each company is its own unique little world and everybody fits together, right? And if you don't, I, I fully agree. It reminds me of, and I forgot if it was Moneyball or where where it was, where the janitor said, I I help win World Series, right? He said, that's what I... I, I was, uh, that's the janitor putting the man on the moon. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yep, that's right. Yeah. And he said, I, I helped put the man on the moon, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. There was something else yeah. with... with There was another sports reference one, and I can't remember what it was. I thought it was Moneyball. But yeah, like you want to talk about connected. And and <laughs> you, you make the argument, I'm pretty sure that the people at the top didn't have those type of connections and weren't thinking about it that at the time. But that guy did. That guy was like, you know what? I I do do this, right? I I that is like that's a self-importance piece that went, I I actually do. And what I did, what and and we we spoke about this before. And there's so for for all of our viewers, Dale and I read a lot of the reviews from other people as well, not just our own opinions about when we read the book. Because, and I think it's, I'll tell the reason why I think it's important. I think it's important because uh, you don't always see, you. I see from my perspective of, of how I see it versus how someone else sees it, which could be, you know, which could be very different about it. And so I think it's important that we, when we, when we look at this, it's, it's, it's great to see it from someone else's perspective when we teach leadership. We teach the the things that we hope leaders have and should we believe should have. But it's important for us to see that that you know we're talking about every employee. You're talking about from the CEO down to the newest hire, or from someone who has the what would we consider the most responsibilities down to someone who may have the least responsibilities. And at each one of those responsibilities, somehow, some way, you know, has to have purpose behind it, right? And I think that's what anonymity really brings out is the purpose is the purpose factor. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Um, that leads to the second one, right. Which, and, and they're very tightly connected and that's irrelevance. Right. And so, um, and this really to me was about that again, tied it to the, to, to kind of the same thing about being recognized, but also knowing that their job matters. Right. And a great analogy I have is, is, is the, if you took the, and for, for those of you who don't know, there's a, and, and I know we use a lot of military references, but it's a, it's a great one. Um, there's a whole group of people stationed overseas 24 seven in, in the Indo-Pacific region, in Japan, in Guam, in all those places. Right. And they're there for one reason and one reason only. 
And that is for China. That's what they're there for, right? They're there to protect and to look and to whatever for those things. And I can tell you, because I've been there, we had to really get and really struggle with our purpose of being there because there was a lot of, are we ever going to really believe we go to war with China? God, I hope, I hope that never happens, right? It would be very, it would just be horrible. But the general thinking was we're probably not going to really do it. There could be a lot of gray area shadow wars that are that are taking place and they have. But when you don't have that purpose driven behind what you're doing, and you were just like, well, we're here for a show of force or here we're here to cross a date line. So that way, you know, or, or cross a latitude so we can provoke and, and show that we're going to. Whereas you had the people in the Gulf, they were they're putting they're putting warheads on foreheads, right? Like that was that was real as to what was happening. There were ground members who were doing fighting every single day. And I think I think it was hard to figure out what job matters. And listen, I'm gonna say this. You could go from the from the from a, a vice president down to the last person to feel like if that your job doesn't matter, right? You could have somebody in a very high position of power, and and knowing that they don't have they don't have the last say in something, and they could feel like, well, then I I don't necessarily matter. So I don't what what in what kicked me with this one is is when you couldn't see the connection with work and satisfaction about the entire thing. And I, and I think it was driven, you know, it, it, you have to be able to, to show people not only that their job is important, but also that how it links together. Right. I, I just mm -hmm. see that, that it does that. The um, yeah. And I think that's it. And, and, and for you employers out there, right. If you're, well, two things, one, I think if you're not sure, like if someone's job matters, like wait till they take the week off, <laughs> yeah. right? Or give them a week right. off, right? Yeah. And see what happens. And you you can you'll come to and, and you see this in like small businesses, homegrown businesses, or whatever that just kind of like grow. Okay, sometimes I call these like the rat's nest of businesses. They they just have kind of grown to what they are, and maybe along the way there's not been in attention to organizational structure and job roles and titles and kind of really like polished. It's not like a polished operation. So you can kind of start to get diffused. Well, I don't even know why Bob's here. You know, what does Bob do every day? Right. right? It's easy. Give, give Bob the next three days off right. and you're going to find out, you know, how Bob's job matters. Yeah. Now that's point number one. Point number two, I think we saw a bit of this through the COVID thing through COVID. I think, there was a fair amount of layoffs that happened that employers on the other side realized that they had possibly overstaffed or maybe didn't have, you know, because if you imagine, likewise, like you take that same effect to like a corporate environment where there's a thousand employees, right? There's probably a fair share of fluff just due to budgets. And, you know, if you don't use it, you'll lose it type of thing and, and maintaining of positions. So there was not a necessity sometimes just because of the abundance of the business or whatever to do that type of polishing, even though it's very necessary. But then along comes the necessity to do that, right? COVID's here. Our numbers are getting whacked. We got to actually put our heads down and figure out what we need to function. Um, but I, I feel that businesses found through that process that they had roles and positions that they 
that really truly didn't matter. I know a little off from like this, but I think some of the result of people, some jobs not coming back was a little bit of this, right? Like finding out like some positions weren't necessary to the organization. Um, yeah. But you also found this out about like work from home. Like some organizations found like it wasn't necessary to be in the office to produce their product or service or whatever the case may be. But you're going to ask. Well, I don't disagree that that probably happened, but I think necessity of of the business said, where can we cut to still function as how we're going to function, right? Whatever that's going to be, right? So I talk about, you know, adaptability, sustainability, and weatherability in, in everyday leadership. And you, all three of those were on display during COVID where you had to be able to do what you were going to do. And, and I don't, I, I think what's interesting about your statement is it would be interesting to know how many people sucked up those duties of those other people within their own jobs, right? And said, oh, okay, well, we we can we can afford to let this person go because right it's just maybe they just do a single function that someone else could have picked up and i don't disagree with you i think that's absolutely that we yeah. did see that but there's a t i think there's a covid changed ever i mean it changed a ton of stuff it forced it, it change, forced right like, change yeah. right right and and there was you know what what's interesting to me is like colleges right and and how the educational system changed for that there were there were plenty of schools colleges mostly but there was there was also plenty of 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 uh, primary and secondary school systems that were using technology within not only their schools but even take home right where they were using like canvas or they were using whatever to to assign grades or whatever it was and i think the ones that were prepared to said we don't need kids to come back it really wasn't a like just assign the homework now on on their on their iPads and their you know their their computers and and just had let them log into the system. They were somewhat prepared where you could where you know for, at least in that sense where it's like well why don't we we don't have to cut people they just they just change their platform instead of seeing them in person they're just now educating them through through this type of a stuff and so but I I think when you're I I, I agree with you but I think regardless whether you you, you got to tell them why their job doesn't matter then if if that's the case right if you if you if you find out because we we talk about or, this. or maybe that maybe covid made the job irrelevant Cor right? absolutely and like that, yeah, maybe it was right maybe it no. was relevant to that point right. but covid made the job correct irrelevant. and that's what i think where you say well your job does matter but we have a we have more efficient way to do it now because we can and we can save money instead of because when you think about a labor force right you think about it was it was really interesting. We did a we did a we were doing a, a study a long time ago with UPS, and one of their biggest costs that they have is is employee back uh, claims in retirement, where they have to pay medical pensions and stuff because people were lifting boxes all day, and and it's that's you know you get a thirty year driver who's lifted a billion boxes, and do they do it right every time with their legs? Absolutely not. It doesn't work like that. But they were they were seeing that right, and truck lines were seeing the same thing. And you start to say to yourself, you can understand how a, a person can cost so much. And it's not just the salary that they're paying now. It's the retirement, you know, and, and you know, as well as I do, the DOD went to a completely different retirement system where they were giving stuff that now they give stuff at five years. If you've paid into it, you get actually something back out of it from a retirement in a, in a, in a 401k portion kind of 
type of thing where it, it never had that before. It was you did 20 and you got your retirement or you didn't. And, you know, you got nothing, right? And there's a lot of people that got out at 16 years with nothing. And so mm-hmm. the people part of it and the job portion and the, and the relevance of them, it's important. And I think from a standpoint of leadership, right, you look at it and you say, okay, how do you make sure that you appreciate someone's job and know that that you can't do it without them, right? And one of the things I like to do, and I don't know, this really hit me with this whole thing, is is I think about irrelevance and I think about servant leadership, right? Mm-hmm. And I think about that we look at, a lot of people look at leaders or CEOs, whoever, whatever you want to call it, uh, in, in middle, even middle managers, whatever, those people that are in charge, and they look at them as that they're a different, they are a piece of the cog as well as anyone else, Right. And so when you look at it in that perspective and say, you're just doing, your job is to lead, but leadership's no different than a technical writer whose job is to write. So yeah. it's it's not a skill set that potentially is different. It's just not a skill set necessarily. It, it is different, That's but it's tangible. Correct. It's, it's a tangible yeah. thing that you look at. And then when you look at it and say, well, they all matter the same. I need someone to lead. I need someone to write. I need someone's skill set that has a knowledge from from their college and their degree. I need the, all those things to look at it. Then irrelevance becomes it becomes an afterthought in my eyes because then you don't have tears necessarily. Now you think about the team as a whole. You think about every single piece has to be there. And yeah, if you're the leader that doesn't go back and uh, and show appreciation to people and and don't call them out when they're supposed to, then you're going to fall into the anonym, the you know, job misery is going to happen. You know, it just, mm. it it just it falls into that for me, and that's 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 the way I like to combat it, if if that makes sense. And I know we'll we'll talk about that more as we move over. Um, and and just to, to summarize that, like why irrelevance matter? It's because everyone needs to know that their job matters to someone, right? That their job matters to somebody. That that they're making a difference to someone. Because there's this general sense of fulfillment that we have. I'm, I'm doing a, a, a bit of study of Adlerian psychology right now. And it talks about this in a way that um, we just want to feel like we're contributing in some way, right? As, as Psychologically, we want to feel like we're contributing um, to the community, right? And think bigger picture, like community, not like your town, not your office, but like the community of humanity, right. like that we're contributing in some way. Yeah, it's a per- And purpose. this is- yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's this part right here. Like if you're not feeling the relevance of that, you know, it's, it's a source of jobs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, and then it moves into the, to the last one of, of the triangle of misery and that's, that's immeasurement. Right. And that's simply put in, in the way I look at it is you bring someone on and you hire them to do a job and they're doing that job. I think inherently people want to please. You, I, I, I do. I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job. I want to know I'm doing a good job or I want to know I'm not doing a good job because I want to know how I'm being measured, right? And I think this, to me, this brings in a lot of stuff as well where I, I talk about it in my core applications of here's the foundation of what you want me to do, whether that's through technical publications and what I'm supposed to do in my workflows and processes, whether that's through my HR and how I should act and what the policies are and whether the company norms are about what we accept and, and what we're, what we'll be good with. But, but how well am I doing it? 
I need to know that from an employer stand, from an employee standpoint, and I need to know that from my leader every once in a while of saying whatever. Is it? And and I will, I'll argue this point if you want, but I don't. I think you will agree with me. It's not just at the end of the year for your employee evaluation, right? It's got to be continuously through that. It's got to be through, and and I think it's it's it, to me it's 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 gauging progress and how they and their level of contribution. And you need this is both to me. I read this as positive and negative because I believe it's supposed to be positive and negative. You need to tell someone if they're not doing the level of expectation yeah. you're doing, right? Because if they don't know that, or if you fluff them up and blow smoke, which is worse in my eyes, then guess what? Then you, you, like, how do you hold them accountable, right? Like, there's no accountability in that sense if you don't if you don't not only have a measuring stick but are able to also relate the measurement to them. Right. Yeah. And I think that's that's absolutely important. Hey, guys, Dale here. And I wanted to take a quick break to invite you to join the launch of the Lions Guide community called The Pride. You see, whether it was at work dealing with the demands of the day or maintaining the demands of my life at home, I always seemed to feel like my struggles were unique, like somehow I was the only one struggling to find joy amidst all the weight that I felt I was carrying each day. And you know, what I've come to realize is that we all have our struggles that we're up against and it's pretty demanding. The only way to rise to those demands is to decide and make the change to adopt a growth mindset, to be what I call a high performer. And that's why I started Lions Guide. I want to help you break through to the next level of you and your ability to not only meet, but exceed those demands on you and in doing so, find your joy again. If you're a growth-minded individual ready to make a change, then I'm here for you. And this is how you get started. I invite you to visit lionsguide.com and sign up to join the Pride. The Pride is the Lions Guide community for growth-minded members like you. Once signed up, you'll get special access to all the free content and resources I'm putting out there. You'll also be invited to join my live online events where I host sessions on personal growth and high performance. You'll also be able to engage with other growth-minded members on our private online group. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast as a member, you'll get access not only to all the podcasts, but also the podcasts that have been yet to be released. So get access to all this and more. So break out of that rut, break into your next level, and join me on lionsguide.com, and let's grow together. Go to lionsguide.com and become a member of the Pride today. Now back to the show. And I think the the other part, important part about like this measurability piece is it does need to be tangible as you mentioned but it also needs to be fully within the employee's control to attain so the way i word this to folks when i talk about it is like your your team member needs to know what a good job looks like and they need to be in complete control of making that happen correct right so if your job is if you make eight widgets today that's a good day's work but if you're not in control of like getting the materials for the widgets or you have to wait for someone else or it's not eight widgets, you need to make eight widgets that the boss likes, right? Like those things are not fully within control because you can't control what the boss likes, right? That's too ambiguous. But if you know, hey, my job is to great create eight widgets a day and I have all the tools and resources I need to get that done, I know what a good day looks like. Right. And I have full control of achieving that. And that's the important part of this here that um, there's so much ambiguity sometimes in operations where you hire someone and you just don't give them the clear guidance on what a good day looks like. And they get lost real quick. Um, and this is where I kind of mentioned to people like 
it's hard to meet expectations that are not set, right? Sure. You know, Found, you don't, building your foundations. Foundationally, what's the expectations going to be? Yeah. I, I guess I differ with you a little bit in the sense of that <clears throat> there's so many things that are dependent on one another. And that's where I look at, and this is this is the part about the book that I was, it's it's it focused singly what you just said about depends and on the opinions and the whims of another person, right? When it when it when it depends on someone else, you can't always help that. In fact, in fact, if you're building teams, you are depending on other people to do stuff, right? And so <clears throat> I'm I'm a huge person on no single points of failure or try to eliminate single points of failure if you can within things, right? And you're not always going to be able to do that, whether that's because of technology, whether it's because of workflows, whether it's because of educational basis, whatever, you're not always going to be able to do that. And I think you need to be able to say to someone and, and employees also need to be able to say, this was the one I had the hardest time saying, because there's a lot of times I'm like, it's all on the leader. And I, and I, I that is 95% where I believe it's comes from. But I believe there's part of employee engagement where the employee has to realize, okay, hold on. My eight widgets... I could only make seven today because XYZ didn't get what, what because of this happened, right? But I but, did what I'm supposed to do. But what does a day, good day look like? The eight widgets? Yeah, let's just say eight widgets was the day, right? You just made mm -hmm. that up. And I, let's just say we only got through seven. But it's be, we got through eight because everybody did. But all of a sudden, down at the far end of the factory, something happened where I couldn't get mine done. Well, guess what? I, in my eyes, that's still a good day for me, but it may not be a good day for the team because we didn't, right? And so Laura, our good friend, talks about me to we and how we we talk about teamwork and we talk about those types of stuff. And there's a singleness of just the single employee. And then, then there's a team engagement where we did not hit our mark as it was. I may have got my stuff done, Right, I may have got. I'm the finishing person on the line of widgets, and I got them all done like I was supposed to. But I didn't get that seventh one. I didn't get that chance to. So I would argue then that that person's good day is getting not necessarily eight widgets because they don't have full control over the eight widgets. Right. That person's good day is I get every widget that comes to me done within a X amount of time or whatever. Right, because then that says. What's in their control is when a widget delivers, they get it done, right? So even if they only got two, they did their job because a good day for them is like every widget that comes across my desk, I get done in a half hour, right? Or an hour, I get done in an hour. So even if something happened down the line, because I don't want to confuse like operations and employee engagement. And the point of this is if you tell someone that their good job is eight widgets a day, right? But they actually don't have control because of down the line, you know, production, but they are on a mission to get eight widgets done a day. This is where the engagement piece comes in because they don't feel like they are in control of what they were told a good job looks like, right? Because if you tell hire someone and say, hey, this position makes eight widgets a day. And basically, what are we saying? So if you make your eight widgets, you did a good job. If you don't make eight widgets, hey, you're at risk, right? Because that's the number we picked. But if that person doesn't have control of eight widgets coming across them to get it, now they feel like they're unable, in, they're not in control of their own fate.
And that's the big point of this measurement point um, as with regards to their ability to control it because there's a big difference of every widget that comes to you, you get it done within an hour. They are in 100% control there. On assembly line, your job is to get eight widgets done a day. Well, if someone else is delivering a shorter, like now they're not in control of their own fate. Now they're at risk. And that's that's the that's the point I felt like Lynch and was trying to make is that there, as far as engagement's concerned, operations and all that aside. I don't disagree. That's where it's a fictional book, right? And and that's where it's a fictional story where, <clears throat> and I know he's bringing this from real life type of things, but there's, I don't, I don't want to say that, that there's not single points of failure jobs, right? Your job may be just to do one thing and it's, it's, that's what you're supposed to do. I think, <clears throat> and maybe that I looked at it and I did it specifically somewhat of talking about it in anonymity, irrelevance, and in measurement is because I felt like <clears throat> I didn't disagree with the measurement portion of it. And I understand about the fate, things that aren't in fate. Look, that's a feeling you're going to have inside of you. And most all of these are feelings that people have inside of them about their, their own engagement personally, right? And we're looking at it from perspectives of as leaders, we need to remember, right? I can fix people. I can help people being fixed about, about making their work matter right? I can help them feel like it's there to a point. Again, it's all self, right? Some, some self may be like, I'm in the wrong job, but I'm here. I, I can't necessarily change that because we're doing what we're supposed to do. If you join the wrong job and put in something just to get a paycheck and that, you know, how many people go out and get, oh, it's $100,000. I, I want that job. And, and all of a sudden they hate it, right? I have someone recently who moved into my neighborhood who thought they were going to get the, the, dream job at Garmin. And in four months, their house is back on the market and, and they're moving back to where they were because it's not, it's not the dream job. Like I, there, I can control, I, as a leader, I can control some of that. Right. And this book is about four leaders to say, Hey, these are the reasons why, right. When I look at a measurement, I look at something that potentially, <clears throat> if I'm relying on a team to do specific stuff, I can't necessarily change that, that it's going to be a team effort so that you're a measurement and the fate that you have, that may be just part of what happens within it all. I looked at that as more of a both employee and leader shared experience of saying, what can we do, right? Because I'm always, I'm thinking about how do we fix the problem? How do we, how do we get to yes? How do we be, stay positive with it all? I didn't, and what you thought, I don't disagree. Lincio was trying to say this and what he was meaning by what he was. I looked at, and I guess this is how I always look at stuff, but I looked at it as sometimes you're not able to control that. There, there are uncontrollables that you have and leaning on. And if we're talking about building teams and working as teams, I, I looked at it as like, that's naturally going to happen at some points in time. And you can't, in my eyes, again, this is me. I can understand how people, I can empathize with people who said, I didn't fulfill what I needed to, but necessarily because I can't control that. Right. Like, I, I looked at it as like, well, I did what I needed to do. All right. But, but the team, so there, it, it split the feelings about the misery 
pain for me and said, this was the one that was out of my control, right? Like people can affect that in, in other ways. I, I, I don't disagree with you with it. I, I, and I, and I do, I did get the same piece, you know, um, it, that people's success in a measurement was, was dependent on other people. Um, but I thought that was a natural part of business. Like the other two were like, you can, you can, you can help and make sure that you, you make sure that every job matters, right? You can do something about that as a leader. You can do something that making sure that people, uh, are stay engaged and stay, uh, you know, fulfilled if, if you want to in your work, as long as they love what they do and they're not, there's no spoofs, right? We're just talking about if in a perfect world, I just thought the last one, the measurement piece was something that is, is not always within your control as a leader. I thought that was, that was somewhat out of your control to have an active, to have active participation. in. let's put it that way. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't let a, I wouldn't, so I feel like we're we're giving this um, hall pass on this one, and I I I would challenge a leader to stay firm with it because I'll stick with my simple example. Still, if, stay if firm with what to, to giving an individual their control of their measurement in a way because let's go let's go back to my guy on the line right. A good if you tell them like your your good job is eight widgets a day. And we say, hey, there's a day something broke downstream. And they could only get done six, right? They, they've lost the control. Now, your, your point saying like, hey, well, not everyone's going to have control every time. Well, you're looking at it from a leader perspective. But what the book is trying to say, like, why does that guy quit, right? Like, what, what, what keeps people engaged in their job? And what I'm trying to point out is that the measurables matter and this this point of control matters, right? Because if you hire John, he said, John, I'm hiring you to make eight widgets a day, man. Eight widgets a day. That's your job. Right on, boss. And he's making eight widgets a day. But now we have a day where he can only get six because down the line, in order for him to make eight widgets, he needs the sprockets, right? Whatever. Well, a Friday comes and something happened down the line and he can't make that. Or the person before him in the line they suck at their job and they can only do four and they just got hired. And now he's only making four widgets a day, but he's been told that John, a good job is eight widgets a day. Well, now again, thinking employee engagement, how does John feel when he's measured against eight widgets a day and he doesn't have complete control over that, right? How does he start to feel as far as an employee and his, his desire for that job? When he doesn't, he can't make his eight widgets a day, which is his measurable, right? I'm, and, and what I'm trying to say is he's been given the wrong measurable because he doesn't have the control. He's He's been told your measurable is eight widgets a day, and now he can't do that, and it's out of his control. That's the loss of employee engagement. He is at an at-risk employee part because he's been striving for something that he didn't have complete control over. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes complete sense. I don't – Yeah. So I didn't. I didn't want to confuse again. I don't buy it though, and, as the like I do the other two. I just um, I don't buy it as like I do the other two. Say don't buy what I don't. Oh, you're talking about this. I don't buy this one as the as if I looked at the other ones as a hundred percent reasons and I filled them up to their cups about a hundred percent. I would a hundred percent agree with it. This one to me, I believe it's important. I believe it's what exactly what you're saying. 
But I believe life has so much. This is the one that has variability in it. This is the one that that an employee who's, who is supposed to measure themselves by eight says, uses common sense at, at some times. I believe it's wearability, right? So I believe that I believe that over time that that can say, well, I'm, I keep getting I keep getting yeah. supposed to be judged on eight, but I'm that's, not. That's where I'm trying to get to. That's where like if there is, I get you like an exception, right? The team is functioning. The team can get eight done. But if if the dependency point, it becomes a norm that they're failing, right? I think I think that's over time. Human, yeah, right, right. Like that's over time. That that again, that, that that that's a like you can easily listen. <clears throat> I guess when I look at the other two, I look at things that as an employee, they're. They're not based so much on like this one is is literally about things that are out of your control. Right? Like it's out of your control if 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 I can't be measured because of things out of my control. There's a sensibility. This is I'm not saying it's not true. And I'm not saying I don't I I I understand it. I just and I and I believe that it's part of it. I just believe that there's people can add common sense to stuff first to say, right? And I think because all of this, who is this written for? Who's this? Who did he write this for? Le- leaders, leaders, managers, yeah, right. And it's to it's for them to recognize what they need to do in that factor of it, right? So as a leader, the first two are things I can do immediately from day one and, and say, Hey, the other ones may not be the, the, the measurement. A measurement is, is over time, right? I can make someone's job important on day one. I could make them known at day one that, that they're, um, you know, that they're fulfilled somewhat in it and, and that they matter. The part about like the, the part about that, that 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 last piece of the measurability that's a time factor that you that that a leader has control over and there's sensibility that that puts into it there's just it's just common common sense if it was common right i get it it, it wouldn't be so right but there's just a sense to me and again you know how we talk about this we think of it from a leadership perspective but i i think about an employee and say okay i you know the you know it, i don't know it's it's an interesting point. That's all. I, I think it's I, I see because I, I felt like you were saying it wasn't as important as the others or there needs to be some more flexibility. And I would strive to make the case it's probably one of the most important ones because of this factor of fulfillment and in, in control. <clears throat> um, because it's just it's it's re- I can't stress enough how important it is for someone to feel like they're in charge of their own destiny. Um, and it's the and, most it's, it's the most dynamic of them all to me. I, I'll give yeah. you what I think. And if you want to think say it's most important, I would say it's the most dynamic and maybe the hardest. So I'll, I'll even go this far to say the other two, I would say, are 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 easy to rectify, right? But this is a very deep one that you have to have a lot of insight to to 
to more variables than you do just about someone's happiness and about them feeling a sense of purpose. And maybe it's because Mm -hmm. maybe it's because the measurement's the hardest one, right? Like people don't like to be necessarily, well, how am I doing? And they don't want to hear the the bad or the good of it all. At the same time with the fate, they don't also want to know, even though it's, even though it's inevitable, they don't want to hear that their success is based upon other people's success before or whatever it happens. But that's the reality, right? That's the reality of it all is that we are based upon, if you're working at a, at a job where sales drives all the overhead, which is a, a lot of the time what happens, we're all, we're all, we're all hoping sales does really well. Right. Right. But if, if sales doesn't and you're downstream from that and you're told a good job for you is a result of how sales performs. I'm just trying to make the case that those people downstream will not have a lot high level of satisfaction and engagement in that job because they don't feel in control of that. And they're, they're then at risk. Right. Um, but like I said, if you change the number to every time you get a sales lead, your role is X and I expect it to be in, done in this amount of time. Now you've taken the sales part out of it. Like, hey, every time you get a lead, your job it's is not to, really taken out of it. It is. Listen, if you work, because, a, if because, you work an overhead job at a sales group, right? Let's say you're selling, um, whatever you're selling, doesn't matter. But you're in an overhead position. You are, you are inexplicably tied to sales from a business perspective and there's nothing right. that's, that's why I say I don't want to confuse operations with engagement, though. What I'm trying to say is the person who <clears> sees <throat> sales not producing and knows that the value of their contribution, right, is measured by how they process what sales produces and sales isn't doing anything. Those people downstream are going to have a low level of fulfillment and measurability, and it'll cause them to exit. Right? So that, like, wouldn't that wouldn't that be a risk then to anybody at that level? Yes. Okay. So the risk yeah. is inherently there no matter what. Right. Okay. The other two though aren't. I'm not arguing the other two. The other two, 100 legit, Correct. simple. Right. The leader <clears throat> has control of it. But what I'm cautioning is, um, if you want people to be satisfied in their job, this one is really important that they feel like they're in control of what they've been assigned as production. I'd argue you'd have to mitigate it the, the most. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So because again, like, that's like your what you're trying to say. That's is your like, important statement of saying I would. Yeah, I'm just trying to point out, right? It, it like makes if, sense. If, yep. people, if people is dependent on sales and sales aren't producing, those people are going to start looking for another job. 100%. Because they've been, right? That, that's what I'm trying to say. Sure. It's like, regardless, right? We can say, well, well, it's not my fault. Sales isn't producing. Well, there comes a point where that person goes, well, if sales isn't producing, that means I'm not producing. So that means maybe I should start looking for another job, right? Like that's, the, these are the things that happen. But when, that person is unable to control their fate. Correct. And that's the point. That's the word, right? Like, right, right. Without but, t- but, right. But it, that's the one too that I think we're saying the same thing. I'm, I'm, we are we're coming at I, it's the beach ball. You see, or no, but what I he see. says in the book, right? Without tangible means for assessing success or failure, Eventually, motivation eventually deteriorates yep. as people see themselves as unable to control their own fate. Yep. So that person downstream who's been told, you only do a good job as a result of these people doing a good job, don't feel in control of their own fate and have a low uh, satisfaction rate. 
is the point he's trying to make. Yeah. I don't know if it's. I agree with it. I, I it's very do. important. I know you do. It's I know this important. is one of your favorite. And I don't disagree with it. Um, I just, and I think now. As and and, we've and talked to your about point it, about it being dynamic. hard. It, I think it's the most it's very hard. It's very hard. You 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 yep. pointed it's it's very hard yep. and very important because again, you're gonna hire people because this is what I see on the street, right? I see people hire, I, I need to hire so and so. Right. Why? Why what what is the what are you solving for by hiring this position? Right. Or I need to replace John. He's doing a terrible job. Show me what that means. Right. Right. Because how are we gonna know you're gonna hire Bob? in John's place and he's going to do any better. Right. right? And that's where this part comes in because this it's easy to kind of like overlay it with ambiguity. And now it just becomes up to how the leader feels that day on what a good job looks like. Right. Because there's not tangible, you know, assessments that are able to be done. Um, and I also loved how like Lencioni pointed out in the points out in the book, he says people who aren't good at their jobs don't want to be measured because then they have to be accountable for something. Sure. Great employees love that kind of accountability. They crave it. Poor ones run away from yeah, it. Yeah, I, I mean, all this is about you know having foundations as a leader that you can that you can hold people accountable to, right? I and, yeah. and I believe in that a hundred percent for in, in everyday leadership. I, I talk about that a lot about being the same thing. And I'm not. I'm. I'm all. A, I'm. Again, you're talking about good. We were. We were. In our in our eight widget world of of all things being equal, um, I I don't I don't think when I when you said it's the most important, I believe in my eyes. I'm all I'm saying is is I think it's the most dynamic that you have to that 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 there are a, a lot of variables as a leader that you have to take into account with that, and you have to be able mm-hmm. to. The more you talked about it, the more I think to myself, that's the more that you have to. To me, and you know. Anonymity and irrelevance are very black and white issues that you can take on. Um, I don't want to say easily, but you can take them on and you can very much do something about them. I think mm-hmm. I think when we're talking about a measurement, and I'm glad we got on on one of them for so long, but uh, I think it's when you look at the complexity of it and how much potentially you have to compartmentalize it to say, hey, look, you know, talking to your eight widget person and say, hey, look, I, you're doing a great job. I know we only got six done today. I know you're being measured on getting eight done, but I know it's also wasn't your fault. And I know we're trying to make up those things down the road. So don't don't worry about that that piece of the puzzle, right? Because what you, what I think you end up finding in that course is you you fulfill the need of the contribution, and you 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 serve the purpose of saying how well am I doing, and letting them know that maybe the foundations that you that you built upon, right? Are, are changing and you're okay with that changing at the moment as the leader and saying, look, we get it because that's, that's really how you, the other one's easy. Right? How do you help people fulfill the, that they feel like they're fulfilled in work? How do you give them a sense of purpose? There are, there are definite ways to do that. And there's cookie cutter ways to do that, but there's, there's, there's more solid ways to do that. This mm-hmm. though is you don't see these ones as much, right? It's very dynamic about measurement. It's not just about once a year. It's about, it's about saying, hey, how can I give you something else then that you can control because this piece isn't controllable at this time because of where we're at, right? You, Bingo. Yeah. And I, and I, again, I think it's, to me, I, it's, it's, not, it's not the most important. It's the most dynamic that you really have to work at as a leader 
to get in the grit, the, the gritty. It's definitely the hardest yeah, one to work I, on. That, I, that but, I would agree with. Yeah. But but in in again, and why I'm harping on this is this is this is just where I see business owners fail the most. This is but why I see one, turnover. Right? What's that? <laughs> the hardest yeah. one. It's easy because you're like, oh, I, I appreciate you. Here's a bonus. Like, okay, like or Here's an attaboy. Like, well, why? You know, why did he? Why did he or she get that bonus, and the right, other one didn't? Right. Yeah, I mean, right? like there's just right. so much to this one. It's just very, very important. And I'd like agree. I say, I think Lencioni like points out the fact of of tangible control. Yeah. Like, um, because to your point about the widgets, like, why would a leader then feel the need to go talk to Johnny about his six widgets right. to tell him it was okay? Right. Right. Because he knew. Well, because he did. Johnny's not happy with his day. That, yeah. Right. Johnny's not happy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, listen, you don't address those things necessarily. I mean, sometimes you address stuff like that that happens immediately because it, it's, you know, it's going to make an impact or you think it might impact. And if you know your people, you know who the ones that will understand, uh, you know, and, and get and get that that's not going to be held against them in a sense, right, of the measurement. And then you also understand the people that might be like, whoa, hold on, right? And there's a, to me, there's an erosion to all of this, right? <clears throat> there's an overall erosion where, so I, I, I always got to throw my stuff in, but, you know, I think it's the small things, the everyday deeds of ordinary folks that keep the darkness at bay, right? So Gandalf told us a long time ago in Lord of the Rings, he said, I think it's, it's not, all of these things about employee engagement to me is an everyday thing, right? It's something that you cannot just be like, well, I've kept you in the dark all year and now I'm going to give you a $500 bonus. And then somebody goes, I'll catch you in the dark all year and now I'm going to fire you. Right. Yeah. Or worse, right? Because they both have actually negative effects. I have to be honest with you. If you don't yeah. know why you got that bonus, part of you is like, well, what, what did I do? What did I do it for? And I fell into it. Listen, a great, a great piece of this whole thing is about um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, veterans, right? Veterans leave and they try to go find their sense of purpose. And it is really tough to engage at some points in time because your levels and your expectations are not, are not where, you know, you think that they, that, that they should get it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's, that's tough. That's really tough sometimes for veterans to find, their fulfillment and their sense of purpose and it and it takes time because and this could happen for anything we've seen it in our our business where we were we're trying to pull people away to come to a, a new startup and they were 24 years in a business that can happen to anybody and you just go well what's what's the right and, and jay mentioned to us he talked about buy-in from the employees yeah you're that's you know you absolutely if you feel like you're contributing you know and and some people are more than others, right? Some people are here, yeah. some people are there, and so it's it's um it's a really good. I, it, it was it was a great read, um, and that's why we talk about it because you know we see it in different different a little bit different lights. Even though we we we're, it's the beach ball theory, everybody, right? Dale yeah. and I love the beach ball theory, right? We're looking at the same ball. He sees I see the orange part. He sees the blue part. While someone else, uh, maybe like Jay, we'll see we'll see the we'll see the yellow part or see the white part or something that so um but yeah no it's good there's a, a part in the book where they get into the benefits and obstacles of managing for employee engagement and there's some things here like on, on kind of like why why this is important right in 
So one of the highlights that I, I think is really important here is he pointed out that by the time people decide to leave an organization, they really have little incentive to tell their soon-to-be former employer that they're leaving because their supervisor really didn't manage them. And without a good manager, their jobs eventually became miserable. So what this is saying is like we, we have these exit interviews, right? Like we didn't care to ask you know, what they thought of their job or, or or this type of interest until you find out they're leaving. You're like, hey, Bob, you're leaving. Why? What's going on? Like, it's it that ship sailed, man. Like, you're not that. It, whereas the, the right thing to do is have a pulse on this type of thing to say why they would want to stay. Like, what do you love about your job? What could be better? Sure. Like, and having these conversations earlier and often <clears throat> Um, to get that feedback, this is then, you know, you know, this, right. This is the essence of communication, right? It's at its core, especially in this world where people can come and go as they please. Right. I'm looking forward to you guys talk on the, the, the quiet quitting and all that stuff. But you know, th this is, this one's big, right? You don't want to wait until, you know, an employee's leaving to find out that they don't like their job or they're dissatisfied with it, or there's other opportunities or they have other passions, right? It's, it's a really, um, really another uh, big, important part of a leader. I mean, this is something I talk about in my abilities about availability, right? And being on the ground level and knowing your employees, right? We used to, we used to call it intrusive leadership in the, in the military, which is totally, right? <laughs> totally a military term, but it's, it's, it's somewhat the truth, right? If you don't have the pulse of what's going on and why, and, and, and sometimes listen, you know this as well as I do. You're the head of a 200-person company. Can you talk to every single person every single day? No, right? But you have and you loved it. I loved it. You still use this and I, I think it's important. You have CEO intent though that your managers and your, your leaders who are on the ground level know what your expectations are of them about engagement, right? And I think this is a great, you know, it, it, it may be a topic I start to to, to add to uh, everyday leadership is about, you know, everyday engagement, right? Every, engaging your folks every day about whatever that's going to be and having intentional engagement and active engagement, right? I, I talk about doing things like actively combating spam, you know, that it doesn't affect you. This is, this is active. You, you make a great point, I think, with, with saying, look, if you don't we're all going to get distracted. We're all going to have things that happen and that's fine. But if you don't keep that pulse and I, and I think, I think, again, I think being transparent and, and giving more information to folks too lends you to be amendable to both sides because you and I talked about the open door policy, right? And we talked about that Marine that we saw that was like open door policies don't really exist. I, what he was really trying to say was you've got to be actively engaged with your people and, and knowing these things, because again, me giving you a $500 bonus at the end of the year versus me telling you all year, man, you did a great job this week. This is really good, right? Taking a little bit of time, hitting another high point for them, maybe recognizing them at a meeting and then giving them that $500 bonus. Man, I'm telling you, I would believe that engagement that you've done all year combats if you think about it, it combats the measurement, it combats the irrelevance, it combats the anonymity that you end up with now an employee who goes, man, I, lo I love it. Because I mean, our goal is to what? Our goal is to is to let you 
hopefully that we hopefully that you have the trust, loyalty, and respect of your people. That they want to come to work and they want to do things to you. They want to when you ask to stay for weekend for for longer stuff. They're like, you know what? I got this one over the weekend. You know, I'll put my plans aside. We can move it. Like you getting to that point, it's be it it really is because of engagement, right? And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I think it's a great. Yeah, I, I, I spot on that you need to be active in it. And that's not something you can just, you know, uh, turn on and off. It needs to be turned on. That, that's one of those buttons that's, you know, they talk about leave the light on overnight. Like that's a that's an overnight light on that you that you got to keep on all the time. I, I would agree with yeah. that. Well, good. I love this one. This is a good one. I like this one. It's definitely, definitely good. I'm glad we, I'm glad we talked out about a measurement um, because it can't. We're still, gonna, we're, we're gonna talk, we're still gonna talk it out. Well, here's the thing, right? Like, and this is it. One of the points of this book that that I that I found and agreed with a lot of the other reviews that I had read with was, I found myself thinking, right? I found myself actively thinking about how I do this, how I did this, and and why it was important, even though it seemed a bit mon- like you know, sometimes you pass it over before and that's right. I, I believe in the everyday leadership thing that, that it's the, it's the small stuff. Engagement with your employees is small, right? It's not just, there's a reason why you you go to the same coffee. You know, you don't have a coffee pot in your, in your office. You, you use the communal coffee pot because you're going to find out information. You're going to mm-hmm. be able to say little things, right? There's, there's a reason why you have gathering spots, for people to do that. And, and it's got negative and, and positive effects, but I, I think if you make them a positive thing, then, then it works out because it, it can be that way. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, like I say, this is a really eye opening book, right? Let's, let's go I would, there. I would say it, right? so. Yes. It's an eye opening book. And it, like I say, if you <clears throat> plug these things in the anonymity, uh, solve for the irrelevance and solve for the immeasurement, um, and you can take the emotion out of some transition, right? Sure. Um, you know, the turnover rather is what I was looking for. You can take the emotion out of some turnover when you start to bring some clarity to these things that and systemize it, right? Like this doesn't need to be ad hoc, right? Like no. reviews, town halls, right? Like your 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 floor walk arounds, things like that. Like yeah. the, your engagement um with intention right in in your another one of your words yep, uh, i've heard you say yet today but i'm gonna honor it consistency right like if you can systemize these things and be consistent with it it'll go a long way in your organization and help with the turnover um if, if that's a problem that you have yeah I, I would agree i mean you want happy employees right that's what you want you want people to stay yeah. for 30 years retire and you know help grow your business to as much as you want and I think when you when you when you are actively engaging your employees at all levels, I think that that's I mean that's kind of the point of this is is what what you're trying to end up doing and 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 like you said, combating those types of things. Well, this was a good one. This was a really good one. Um, I like this one. Uh, and actually, I didn't think I was going to as much, but it's always I, I always find when we do our book reviews, we end up uh, we end up finding at least one little piece that we can. We can we can chum back and forth with, which is why we do this yeah, uh, to everybody. So, uh, hey, now's the moment in time, though. What do you what do you got going on? Let's uh, let's uh, let's give a little bit of that for this one to the viewers. What do I got going on? Um, in of, Lions Guide, uh, stuff. there's you guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I won't give it all away today. Right. Um, but we've got some great stuff coming out. Of Lions Guide. Uh, we're growing the team. We're growing the content. We're growing the courses. We're growing you know, the value, uh, really aim to help you guys out there, 
um, really get better faster, you know, um, and not feel alone in doing so. I know uh, running a business, being a leader is a lonely place. So uh, we want to give you a place where you can find, you know, comfort in being amongst peers who are also looking to grow. And and we want to help help you find the right tools to help you grow with some really experienced individuals, some great resources. So I'm really excited about where we're at. Um, you know, uh, there's it, pay attention, be on the lookout. There's some really good stuff coming to you guys um, in that area. So yeah. We'll have a new website up soon. We've got some launch of uh, Everyday Leadership's going to launch very soon as a, in a, on a full-scale thing. We've got some high-performance stuff coming on board, which is going to really, too, we have some big announcements coming within the next, I think, couple of weeks, which is pretty cool. Um, and then well, Everyday for, Leadership's out now, right? So people who is, are yeah, currently enrolled in look workshops the who have access to the Lions Scout Academy, you go check it out. Everyday Leadership's out there yep. now. Um, so you can start looking at those. Um, and then on the Flipcast for us next week, uh, we We've got a taped one, but Laura and I discussed uh, some really good things about having difficult conversations, and uh, which was really cool. We talked about that on the rant that you're going to see next week. Uh, that'll be a taped one for you. Um, we've got what else do we got? We got the Lions Den. That's going to be some good ones to come up on the 13th. Uh, we got a special guest on the 20th, um, and he may have actually signed in today, which would be really cool. So it might be it might be him, which would be nice to talk to. Uh, and then at the end of the month, next month, uh, we're going to take on very famous. Um, and I'm going to read, I'm going to go back and read again, um, because I, I read a long time ago and I want to read it again. Um, we're going to go back with, uh, to Simon Sinek and very famous and, you know, start with why is what we're going to come up with and really just dive back into it again. I want to look at it from a new perspective now, cause I haven't read that in man probably a really long time. And so I want to go back, read my notes that I've kept on it from before and really see if I feel any different about uh, the why. I mean, because I read it pre-COVID and I think that there, uh, it may have gotten, I think, on both ways. So we're, we're going to review, Dale and I will review that one at the end of the month on the 27th, but that'll be our October for us. Um, but until, let's see, Dale and I will be back on live on the 13th. So we appreciate you guys coming on board with us whether you're watching it live or whether you're going to watch it later on and uh again the truth about in, in employee engagement patrick lencioni great book very good topic that uh again the details behind stuff right the details of why things work the small things great book to go to go out and and, and to kind of maybe maybe some of those issues that you're having are definitely represented here that you can take that you could take a shot at and, and fix some things up with. So thank you, my friend, for coming on board. We uh, appreciate everybody, and we'll see everybody next time on the flip side. You guys have a great week, and we'll see you. Tomorrow. Thank you, Flip. Bye.